airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We'll open the phone lines up in the last segment. And uh, you can holler at Sherry. And then, mm-hmm. in so doing, holler at us. Yep. Uh, I that's wanna, how it works. That's usually how it goes, um, unless there's something else that happens, um, which we're not aware of want to make some announcements right off the bat in this hour and make sure that people are aware um, as we continue to remind you that life is important. Uh, we partner with the Ministry of Preborn to encourage women to keep their babies by showing them that, in fact, life is growing in their womb. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that throughout the show. Also going to weave that into, um, I think, some important facts from history, some important sentiment and commentary of, you know, people who have done difficult things Mm -hmm. because if we think about what it would mean to um, end abortion in this country, right? That's a difficult thing. Yeah. That's a difficult thing. Yeah. But I think there is something bigger or even more difficult that we'd have to do first in this country. And uh, you read something to me recently Mm -hmm. that just had been swirling around in my head. And I thought, man, you know, we should share that with our listeners today. Mm-hmm. And because I think Eric Metaxas, who wrote uh, the book Amazing Grace back in 2007, the book is about William Wilberforce. Yeah. And so we've kind of been on this right now, you and I, and talking mm-hmm. about this and reading some of it to our children. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Metaxas is a heavy writer. Yes, he, he is. I mean, he does write a little bit of comedy. He's very funny when you listen to him, but his his serious stuff is serious stuff. It is. Right? I mean, yes. he, he writes like a a Yale graduate, which is what I think he is, a Yale mm-hmm. graduate. He, I mean, he's very heady, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but God has given him an, an incredible amount of insight. And so you can hear that when he writes. And I want to share a little bit of what you read to me the other day. Yeah. And uh, have a conversation around that. Because I think we have a bigger problem in this country. And our brother kind of, you know, called our attention to this. And and, and I got to tell you, it, it has not left me that I, I had not made the connection mm-hmm. that the incremental advances that we're making as far as protecting life. Yes. That there are people who see those things as the end. Mm-hmm. Like right. That, that, you get you satisfied. Know, that was never, ever my thought. Right. So, so I was always talking past the person who said, well, the heartbeat bill, mm-hmm. we need to abolish. We need to get, we need to put an end. I was always, I was, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're saying that the heartbeat bill isn't good. You're saying that personhood amendments aren't good? Like, you know, these these things. And, and so, um, which I think that those people would say, yes, personhood amendments. But I think it's the smaller changes that people would say, no, because it's a person prior to 20 weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, that it's a person at conception. So anyway, but I think there's a bigger problem that we have. And so I, I want us to have a conversation around that today. Um, America has a mindset that we cannot change. Right. And that's going to take the work of the Lord. But that work is also ours. 
right? We are going to have to influence that change. We're going to have to keep this in front of people's minds. And so we have to have tough conversations around it. Um, anyways, let me also say this. You and I are going to be in two places coming up and in some other places a little bit further down the line. So mm -hmm. we'll just go what is most immediate. Um, we are going to be at a brotherhood breakfast. Mm -hmm. Brotherhood meaning the brethren, the believers. Yes. Okay. The sisterin will be the there. The sisterin too. will be there as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just wordy to say brotherhood, sisterhood. Right. It's just the brethren gathered. Okay. <laughs> so it's it's all of us. Uh, but we are going to be there um, at a, a brotherhood gathering at First Baptist in Fulton on January 19th at 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. And as I understand it, you are welcome to come out if mm -hmm. you want. Um, that is the morning breakfast where we are going to be discussing the importance of family and passing down the gospel. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Will the Great and I will be there on Sunday, January 19th at 7 a.m. That's in Fulton, First Baptist Church. Mississippi. Fulton, Mississippi. Thank yes. you so much. It takes two, really. <laughs> it takes two to do announcements. We, we stink at them, but if we can make these announcements together. That's right. We'll get it all. It's we'll get it right. It's just not so bad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so Fulton, Mississippi. That's right. All right. Um, the other thing that we're doing is in um, is in Bartlett, Tennessee. That's, That's in right. the Memphis area. Mm -hmm. And that conference is The Gospel is Enough. Mm -hmm. The Gospel is Enough. You can it go is. to gospelisenough.com and find out more about that conference. It's happening at Faith Baptist Church. Mm-hmm in Bartlett, Tennessee. That's right. You're going to want to register for that event. Um, the turnout is expected to be grand and it has to be mm. because there is a persistent, consistent move to divide the church. That's right. That's right. And so you have conferences happening all across the country to tell one group of people why they can never be free from sin. You have enough of those conferences telling mm -hmm. people, why the gospel is not enough, that their faith in Jesus Christ is not enough to save them mm. or set them free. You have those conferences popping up and, and they're packing out arenas, if you will, mm -hmm. or churches, if you will. Okay. And it is splintering and dividing and upsetting the body of Christ. Well, someone has got to respond. Some people who are watching this have got to have enough of it where you say, stop it. Right. I mean, this is, this is probably... And, and I've said this, you know, for a while now, but we've got to have that wisdom of Solomon moment where you say, OK, the person who wants to split the baby clearly is not the mother. Right, right, right. So the person who thinks that they have found a philosophy that is life giving, mm -hmm. but they but but wait, there's a catch. You have to divide the body of Christ over this philosophy and you're OK with that. Clearly, you don't love the bride. Mm hmm. Anyone who is willing to destroy the body of Christ for some philosophy of man, you don't love the bride. I say you're an imposter. That's mm -hmm. what I say. I know that there are people who, you know, say we need to be more measured than that and we need to bring these people along. But look, I'm telling you, at some point, we got to call the wolves wolves. At some point, you just got to call them out and say yeah. that's what these people are. They're dividing the body of Christ. They are splitting the body of Christ. And so you have to say what you're saying <laughs> you're a liar, but what you're saying is untrue. Mm. All right. Jesus Christ and what he did is sufficient. Amen. 
It was enough that whatever, whatever ailed you, whatever made you an enemy of God, now in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Mm -hmm. So this ridiculous idea that you would have a man say, I am a racist and I will always be racist. And you have people standing up and saying, I divest of whiteness. I, I reject whiteness. What? These are philosophies of men. These are ridiculous academic notions that have no place in the body of Christ. Not at all. And not only, not only must we reject them, but we must reject them boldly and publicly. Yeah. We don't need to be little like sheepish, sheepish people walking around you know, hey, I just want to tell you, you don't need to feel that way. I know, you know, you've got some big name people who are saying that you're forever a victim <laughs> and that you're forever racist. And, and I just want to tell no, man, we need to speak with a strong voice mm -hmm. and we need to do it publicly. The gospel is enough is one of those ways that we're doing that. Yeah. Look, I, I you know, I don't know. I, I ask you this all the time, Will. Mm -hmm. I ask you, do you think that the people who we read about now when we survey church history, mm -hmm. do you think those people knew that they were standing at critical moments mm. in the, you know, mm. the growth and the expansion of the gospel? Mm. And it's possible that they did. Yeah, it's possible that they had a sense, you, you know, know, but most likely they, they, were, they just were just being living, faithful. They was living the gospel, living, you know, life faithfully. Right. You know, and doing what was uh, necessary to be done, uh, you know, for the church and for the body of Christ. I think they were just walking mm -hmm. with, with the Lord. You know, we we look back and we read, you know, uh, church history and we see all this, you know, these amazing things. But I think they were just living uh, in fidelity to the Lord, Amen. like just trying to fulfill what they're supposed to be doing for him. We've got to do that. Mm. We, we've got to do that in our generation. If we really believe that the Lord has determined when we would live and where we would live mm -hmm. and that that is for his purpose. Right. That we would seek after him, that we would find him and discover that he's not far from us. And if we believe that there is a work that the Lord has carved out for us to do, mm -hmm. that when you see that work and you understand that work, that that you labor with all of the Lord's strength. Mm. Right. Man, how can we in 21st century America just drop the ball like that? We can't. We you know, there are so many people who didn't fumble the gospel. They got it to us intact. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, and, and, and they didn't just they didn't just get it to us without opposition. I mean, that is a theme of Christian living mm. to to advance. The gospel is to be opposed. Mm -hmm. It is not to have people like you. But we have grown accustomed to something in America because of how we were founded that really Christians are like, oh, you thought that was normal. <laughs> like you just you, you thought that. no. No, that's not normal. What's normal is persecution. What's normal is opposition. But in the midst of all of that, there's always been an opportunity for the gospel to continue to spread. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, we here in 21st century America, we've had it so good for so long that the gospel is threatened. The gospel is threatened. Because but it's changing, though. Uh, you know, as far as uh, had it so good for so long, you know, I think we're going to be confronted with uh, who's on the Lord's side. Yeah. More and more. Yeah. You know, and even as it concerns, especially as it concerns the church, mm -hmm. there's going to have to be a distinction made, you know, because many people may say that they are of God or Christians, but man, I think there will be a dividing line. Yeah. I used to joke about this, but I was serious. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I would say it kind of lightly. Um, many years ago, I would say the time is coming where there are some people, I'm not going to tell them where the prayer meeting is happening. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because I believe <laughs> they would have ill intent. Mm. I believe they would claim to be of us, but really they're not. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't tell them the secret knock. <laughs> I wouldn't tell them how to draw the other half of the ichthus. You understand? I, would, I wouldn't tell them what these markings mean mm-hmm. because I believe that they don't mean anything good for the church. Now, amazingly, when I would say things like that, we were not where we are now, Will. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so it, those people, it, it was almost impossible to imagine. Yeah. But I got to tell you, you don't, you don't even have to guess who those people are. Like I would say, you know, you, you kind of be like, eh, I don't know. You're kind of mm-hmm. suspect. I don't know. Are you for us mm. or are you for our enemies? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Kind of a thing. But anyways, um, now those people have revealed themselves. Like, I mean, you can, you can truly see who the wolves are. Yeah. When, when people stand up and tell you that you've got to speak lies about yourself, all right? And they tell you that you've got to perpetually be in a state of sin <laughs> in order for you to be accepted and confirm that you're forgiven. I mean, come on, man. That's crazy. That, that, and I got to tell you, look, and I, and I think that learning, I think that growing in our knowledge, like this is, this is a, a part of the sanctifying work and the, the, the growth of, of, of being a believer. So I don't have anything against knowledge. I don't have anything against being educated. But it is amazing to me that these um, ridiculous philosophies have excelled among the learned in the body of Christ. Mm, yeah, it's true. This is these these are academic conversations that watch. Let me tell you something. What you what they do, what mm-hmm. these people do, who want to teach divesting from whiteness, they want to teach whiteness studies, <laughs> they want to teach black grievance, grievance studies. All right, <laughs> critical race theory, all of these things. You know what they first have to do? They first have to bring you up to speed on the academic side of it. So they're giving you Mm -hmm. your grievance, giving you your oppression. They're painting you as the oppressor. You first have to learn what these terms are and how you fit into these categories. And then they want you to govern yourself accordingly. (laughs) I'm like, you know what, Lord, keep me a fool for you. Keep me a fool. Right. If this is what it means to be <laughs> right. enlightened, that right. now you become. <laughs> Come on, man. I look. Yeah. I don't need all of that. All right. So anyway, the gospel is enough. Yes. The gospel is enough. I believe what Jesus did is sufficient. Amen. All right. Gospelisenough.com. Gospelisenough.com. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. You go before I know that you've even gone to win my war. Your love becomes my greatest defense. It leads me from the dry wilderness. And all I did was pray. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Francesca Battistelli, Defender. Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. The Ministry of Preborn works with hundreds of Christian pregnancy centers, Christian pregnancy centers across the country, providing life-saving services such as ultrasounds um, to help moms Mm -hmm. make the right decision. 
to help moms make the right decision. Yeah. It is it is an eternal decision. Amen. It's it not is. just it's not just a moment. It's not just a you know, it's not just emotion. Although emotion is involved, mm-hmm. but we've got to change the way we think about humans. The way we think about babies, the way yeah. we think about people, we've got to change that. Listen, it's and I don't want to go too far off because I I, I want to make sure that our that I let our listeners know that they can partner with the Ministry of Preborn while we are standing against this wickedness. We can be active, and this this would have been something that characterized the early church. And in fact, and I'm 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 in I'm in several books right now, mm-hmm. and so I'm looking at um, the late Bruce Shelley's book on church history. It's church history and plain language. And this one is, I mean, this one is, this one is academic. So I actually read different sections. When I have a, a, a period in the church that I'm interested in, I thumb to that period and I begin reading, right? Mm-hmm. But I was looking at um, the early spread of Christianity. So like the second and third century. And Bruce Shelley, the late Bruce Shelley, kind of goes through looking at some of those things that led to the spread of Christianity, and it was the church doing. It was the church being, yes, but it was also the church doing. So the church um, behaving among the Romans Mm -hmm. in such a way that it's like, whoa, they're different. And we have an opportunity to do that. We have an opportunity to be Christians and to also show what Christians do. Right, right. And it's a it's a blessed opportunity. So while we can decry the murder and the slaughter of babies in our culture, we can also do those things that show we actually care. Mm-hmm. One of those ways is partnering with the Ministry of Preborn. And I'll give you two ways that you can go. On, well, two ways that you can partner. You can go online. You can call. You can go to AFR.net, AFR.net, or you can call 877-616-2396, 877-616-2396. Two, three, nine, six, a gift of $28 provides one woman, one woman with a free ultrasound, giving that woman the opportunity to choose life, to make the right decision, mm-hmm. to make the right decision. $140 provides five free ultrasound sessions that would reach five women, five women. Think about that. You think about that. That is putting hand to plow. Yeah. You know, when the Apostle Paul was talking about giving, and we, we kind of had a conversation around this, which I thought you did a great job. Well, I went back and I listened to it. I thought you did a great job in talking about tithing and really showing um, the balance there that we shouldn't be, well, it's just my 10% and then that's it. And mm-hmm. then, you know, but um, free giving allows us the opportunity to do more. Yeah. Cheerful giving allows us the opportunity to do more right. when there are worthy right. causes that come up. Right. We can send missionaries on their That's way. Right. This would have been very common in the early church, right? And the Apostle Paul, even himself, he said, you know, when speaking of having his needs met and all that, he, he's like, look, not that I speak of need. The Lord has supplied all of my needs. Mm-hmm. But then he goes a step further. And he goes, and I'm looking at what can be charged to your account. What's going to be to your credit yeah. that you could share in this work? Yeah. So this is very tangible. This is very real, right? Giving to the Apostle Paul, though you were not going, giving to aid in his going meant that you were working. That's right. That's right. This is how the church has understood giving, guys, and we've lost it. Now we give and we say, well, isn't that the pastor's job? That's what I pay him to do. <laughs> but, but you're a partner right? in the gospel. Yeah. We're all doing. Right. We don't just say, well, you know, anyways. So 
getting back to preborn. <laughs> I'm sorry, right? Getting back to preborn. Your giving is doing, right? So many of us will not attend a March for Life. So many of us cannot volunteer and go work in a crisis pregnancy center, but we can give. Mm-hmm. And this is where that blessed freedom comes in, right? Where we have all these conversations about how to give and when to give and what does the Lord require, what are, what's demanded of us and all of these things. But one of the things that should categorize or, ca- yeah, should characterize characterize a Christian is that we are givers yeah that when there is a need that is presented to us and it's within our power that we give mm-hmm. you should can I just halfway on a soapbox and then I'll get back off if you can I would challenge every Christian family personally to support missionaries yeah if you can you know what often happens people say well my church has about 10 missionaries that they support and that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Is it that possible? That needs to happen as well. That, that needs to happen as well. support missionaries. I think each individual family, I think believers need to undertake to support missionaries and missionary causes. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it does something to the family in general. Like uh, it shows the children. It shows, you know, uh, the kids what it means to really to support someone who's out. Uh, maybe in another country, or maybe even home missions, right? Doing the the Lord's work, and it 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 puts something in them that they carry with them forever. That we supported missionaries That's when right. I was young. You know, when I was a kid, we supported this person, that person that was doing this work. It it speaks to them. It shows it them the total to picture of what it is to be a believer, mm-hmm. to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and yeah. that the church is bigger than what they see. Right. The church is bigger than what they right. see. All right. I want to make a shift here in the time that we have, and the question is, can the mindset, can Americans' minds be changed um, as it pertains to abortion? Mm. And and I think that this is going to be the most difficult task. Yes, I agree. Um, forget about overturning Roe versus Wade. I'm not saying forget about it, literally speaking. Right. But what I am suggesting very strongly here is that we have a mindset problem that has to be changed, and people don't even realize that this mindset is mm. in them. And I think it's been pacified by some of the way that we've been that we have looked at abortion and yes. some, some of the things that, you know, we say, okay, that was a win. I think that, that kind of served to pacify, you know, the, Hey, no, this needs to be abolished. Yes. It tells know? us how to think about humans. Yeah. It tells us how to think about humans. Yeah. So we put it, we put a date on when our compassion can start, mm-hmm. when our feelings can start. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, even some of the questions that you've, you know, gotten from some people. Um, well, what if that family can't take care of the baby? Mm-hmm. What if it really, I mean, what, what if that child is going to grow up in poverty? And so we have found all of these ways to sort of reason ourselves out of understanding what God has said about man being made in his image. Here is something that um, Eric Metaxas wrote in 2007 in his book, Amazing Grace, William Wilberforce and the Heroic Campaign to End Slavery. And I want you to listen. This is so insightful. Mm. And I think that this is where we need to get in the United States of America. And until we get here, if we make changes, they will always be incremental mm. because our mind is not right. In fact, and this is unfortunate, Christian mind is supposed to be a renewed mind. Right. But it's not. It, our mind, we think exactly the way Americans think. <laughs> right. We don't have that distinction. Listen to this. This is Eric Metaxas writing in 2007, his 2007 book, Amazing Grace. He writes, to fathom the magnitude of what Wilberforce did 
we have to see that the disease he vanquished forever was actually neither the slave trade nor slavery. Slavery still exists around the world today in such measure as we can hardly fathom. What Wilberforce vanquished was something even worse than slavery, something that was much more fundamental and can hardly be seen from where we stand today. He vanquished the very mindset that made slavery acceptable and allowed it to survive and thrive for millennia. <laughs> he destroyed an entire way of seeing the world, one that had held sway from the beginning of history, and he replaced it with another way of seeing the world. Included in the old way of seeing things was the idea that the evil of slavery was good. Wilberforce murdered that old way of seeing things. And so the idea that slavery was good died along with it. Even though slavery continues to exist here and there, the idea that it is good is dead. The idea that it is inextricably intertwined with human civilization and part of the way things are supposed to be and economically necessary and morally defensible is gone because the entire mindset that supported it is gone. Wilberforce overturned not just European civilization's view of slavery, but its view of almost everything in the human sphere. And that is why it's nearly impossible to do justice to the enormity of his accomplishment. It was nothing less than a fundamental and important shift in human consciousness. Wow. Until we have a fundamental and important shift in human consciousness as it pertains to babies, we will not abolish abortion in this country. Mm. abortion can be credited with the building of this nation. Abortion can be credited, as we saw Michelle Williams, with success in Hollywood, mm. living your best life, achieving your dreams, going after your goals, getting ahead. Nothing's going to stop you. Anything a man can do, you can do better. And that is woven deep into the fabric of our society. It is no longer even to speak of some sort of quote unquote necessary evil. Oh, it's just if I just want. <laughs> it's not evil and it doesn't even have to be necessary. This is what I want. Now, there are Christians who are listening who say, well, look, you know, we don't feel that way. We believe that babies' lives should be spared. But the question that I double back to again is, and what do you think of children? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, when you, we have, man, and I, I've, I've told people this, you know, and I have to, you have to be careful because people say really crazy things in the Christian context when a family has more than three oh, kids man. or 2.5. <laughs> You know how that happens. You, that's <laughs> one of the questions. Y'all know how that happens, right? <laughs> you want me to tell you how that happens? And, and it's amazing that people have so much liberty as it pertains to how many children you have mm -hmm. and other things they would never freely comment on. 
if a person's got two or three puppies, they love it. Oh, four puppies. Oh, they're beautiful. They're gorgeous. Two or three kids, four kids. Mm. Guys, look, you've done your part. <laughs> it's because our mindset is totally different. That's right. So if we cannot find a practical reason why we should have more than three kids, why would anyone do that? Well, you don't need kids working on a farm anymore. Why you got five <laughs> kids? You're not, I mean, you're the, you don't have a farm, do you? Do you have a farm? You don't need that many kids. You see, that is a mindset that must be abolished. Yeah, yeah. The, the mindset that children are an inconvenience, they're going to stop my career. So you're talking about things that are at the root of why yes. this stuff happens. Yes. And until those things change, we're going to continue on with these symptoms that, that we have. Is it not seemingly to the culture and in some pockets of the church, is it not economically advantageous to be childless? Mm-hmm. Is it not economically advantageous to have just one? Mm-hmm. Maybe two and spread them out by a decade if you can so that you, you know, have some freedom and you can have built in a little helper. Mm. These are the things that we think about children until our mindset is consistent with what God says about children. We will not abolish abortion in this country. And we've been able to allow that to just kind of hide you know, mm-hmm. because we have kids and we as Christians, generally speaking, we are pro-life. Except we mm. put a comma after it. Yeah. We actually one morning during the morning show, we actually got someone to message us in real time saying, what would you do if it, if it were your daughters who came home pregnant? Because we were talking about um, ending slavery slavery, ending abortion in Alabama or, you know, saying that under no circumstances, not in the case of rape or incest, not in the case of Down syndrome, people are people, children are children. And a a person listening who professed to be a Christian said that's too radical. In fact, there was a public figure, if you remember, who said that's just too radical Mm. to say under no circumstances (laughs) can a woman have an abortion. It was a Christian in a position of leadership, mm-hmm. public person who yeah. said that. Yep. Some of you know they who did. I'm talking about. We played the clip back then. That's just too extreme. Can you imagine that same argument being applied <laughs> to slavery today? <laughs> we want to abolish all the slavery? That's too extreme. Mm. You got to have somebody to pick the cotton. You got to mm. you got to have mm. somebody to no, that's just too extreme. Who's going to do that? If all of the slaves are free, you're going to upset the economy. (laughs) Don't you know that moms may have to take a pay cut? Don't you know that moms may have to invest more time in their children? Don't you know that moms may have to spend more time at home? Miki, you're trying to send us backward. Mm. You're sending us, you're taking us back, Miki. There can be no part of the Christian life that makes room for what is antithetical to the gospel. That's right. None of us know where <laughs> and know how. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio will be right back.
got a perfect button-up image that you feel inclined to keep, you'll do anything for that. Hmm. And we've got to admit that within Christian circles, man, we, you know, we have contributed to people's thoughts that it's better for me to abort this baby than to ever face the shame and the judgment that would accompany me carrying this baby to term. Hmm. Because we've got to, you know, we don't, we don't have an advocate with the father. You, you know, mm-hmm. like that's 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 what we communicate all the right. time. And look, we've got to change our mindset. We have got to say what God says, that this is a person made in his image. Amen. It's not what this person could be, you know, that gives them value. Right. Man, that bothers me so much when people say that. Congratulations. You just murdered the future president. Congratulations. And I understand why people are, are doing this, mm-hmm. you know, but the person sleeping on the park bench in utero, he still had value and worth. Mm-hmm. Do we understand this? Do we get it? I don't know that we get it, Will. I had to have a conversation. I was talking to the girls, you know, and these are the, the topics that as they get older and we talk about what's going on in the culture, we were talking about abortion. And again, this is something that is very difficult for children to understand because they're naturally pro-life. They don't even have terms for it, but they know that babies should not be murdered. <laughs> they know that. They know that it's murder. Right. And they are, they are aware. I, I have an um, experience. When I, was, when I was 14, one of my classmates became pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of the girls in our circle knew except me because I was the Christian. Mm-hmm. So they didn't tell me because she thought that I was going to judge her. So I didn't learn from her. I learned from another friend who said, now I'm 14, we're in the ninth grade. So I learned from another friend who said, Miki, nobody wants to tell you, okay, but I'm going to tell you. And I remember feeling very hurt by that, thinking I thought we are all like in this circle of friends, but it was like I was kind of like not really in, you know? (laughs) Well, that friend at 14 had an abortion. In fact, her mother coerced her to have an abortion. And I had to pretend not to know what was going on. I could never say anything. I could never ask any questions because I was not supposed to know. Well, when that friend, my friend, started having night terrors, Mm. she would wake up screaming in the middle of the night. I I was the friend that she came to. That's how I learned. Because as a Christian, she knew that I would have some answers for her. Mm -hmm. And she would say to me over and over, I would never have killed my baby. She was pregnant with two babies, by the way. Two babies. And she was far enough along that when she returned to school, we'd be standing outside after school waiting for the bus, that she began lactating, that she would Mm -hmm. have to zip up her jacket because the abortion told her body that the babies had been born. Listen, 
we're talking about real people. We're talking about real people made in the image of God. And if we don't change our mindset about that, mm. yeah. Yeah. we won't get rid of it. We won't put an end to murdering babies. If we ask questions, what about rape? What about incest? My question is always, or are, you, are you dealing with a different type of human? Are you dealing with a different type of person? I'm grateful to have had the opportunity to tell my friend that there is forgiveness, that Jesus loves her, mm -hmm. that he can forgive you. You ask forgiveness. Her mom told her she was going to ruin her life if she had those babies. She's going to ruin, you're going to ruin your life. That's what she kept telling me. Oh, mom said, I'm going to ruin my life if I have them. Mm. But you know what? Her life was ruined by not having them. Mm. She was never the same. She was never the same. She made top grades never again. Never again. So what are we telling women when we say you can create the future that you want? You can have, and as if it's... <laughs> That it makes them feel like God, like all this, all this stuff that, you know, is, is being spouted lies, lies because there's deep hurt, deep pain, you know, and they're going to have to confront that while they're being lied to by this culture. Yeah. They're saying, no, shout it out. Shout your abortion. This empowers you. You know, as I was talking to our daughters and we have a daughter who is going to be 13 soon. And, um, you know, she said, Mom, I just, she said, I just can't imagine that people so young, you know, not only get pregnant, but they have abortions, that they kill those babies. She said, I can't even imagine that. And then she said, and she said, and I'm not saying that this would ever happen to me, you know, just talking to your mm -hmm, kids. You know, mm -hmm. she said, I'm not saying that this would ever happen to me. She said, but if this would ever happen to me, she goes, Mom, what what would you do? What like what would and I said then your baby would be our baby. Mm -hmm. We would raise your baby. Would it would it be less of a person? Not at all. No. Look, I heaven forbid that my child would live in rebellion against what we have taught her that is the truth. That sex outside of marriage is sin. The Bible calls it fornication. This is true. They know this. But again, who am I to say that only perfect people see Christ? <laughs> you know who sees Christ? Forgiven people. Forgiven people. So no matter what you have done, in Christ you can be forgiven. Amen. Good people go to hell. Perfect, button-up, little virgins go to hell if they don't know Jesus Christ. Hmm. So it's not the worst sin in the world for a daughter to come home pregnant. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But you know what our culture says? Our culture says, no, we're Christian. Our exterior is this. Let it always look this way. So as long as no one knows, as long as we can drive her to this clinic, get this taken care of, and we get to come out looking like good Christians, you don't come out. <laughs> our mindset has to change, people. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. I'm not teaching our kids in all of our training, in all of our discipleship. I'm not teaching our children that they're approved of by God because they're perfect. Right. 
We tell oh, them no, all the all. time they're not good. You're not good enough to. <laughs> no. If there's one thing that they will remember when they leave our home is that they will remember that they are not good. <laughs> and here is what they also will know, that there is a Savior who died for them. That's right. So that they can now be righteous That's right. in him. Amen. Do you know if we would teach our children that, it would send our children back to us. They'd fall on the mercy of God more frequently rather than believing that, well, because I did this, I'm not coming back from this. Oh, the only thing I can do is try to cover it up, mm. which makes it worse. You talk about the millions, the tens of millions of babies who have been murdered in this country. We've got to ask the question, how many of them have been murdered under the quote-unquote Christian conviction that no one can ever know? Mm. No one can ever know. We oh, have man. to take responsibility yeah. for that. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> you're right. That that hit, that hit, that hits because the thing is, you know, if the facade of looking good probably has caused many in the Christian community to have abortions. You have upwards of eighty percent of women marking that they are Christian when they go in to have an abortion. Wow. Okay. And and and. <laughs> So that that label, it obviously does not do anything for the conscience. And it's easy to say, well, maybe those people are not real Christians. You know, which could have been said about. Well, I think that that's what exactly that's what current watchers of history, readers of history say about slaveholders. Right. So there's no way that Robert E. Lee was not a Christian. There's no way that he could. No, there's (laughs) no way. Right. But at the same time today, we justify. Hmm. We excuse away, but we have a different standard to apply today. Yeah. I think we have to apply the same standard. Is there a revelation that is necessary that we must agree with God? Mm. And it's going to be some big steps. It's going to be some, some heavy, some huge steps that we have to take to say that we agree with God. And, and that whole mindset change that you're talking about, the mindset that we need, it would change, I believe, the way we choose politicians. Because we we would say, not only are you pro life and you're going, are you going up and are you willing to abolish yes uh, 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 abortion? I know you just want to link yeah. it to slavery, don't you? Are you are you going up to, there to to abolish abortion? Not just you know, not just make it incremental. Yeah, yeah, and mm. then forget about the ultimate. Right. Agreed. All right. Well, let's go to Carol in North Carolina. Hi, Carol. Hi there. How are you doing today? Hi. Doing good. Hi. Um, I was just listening to your show, and I've listened to a lot of shows uh, on Christian radio, and you're, you're taking on a, a huge subject. Uh, I am a Christian, and um, I am pro-life, although I think women really can't be except pro-life because if she's impregnated, then she will have a life, mm-hmm. right? But God made us that way. Um, and I was just wondering if you guys could consider something that I do not hear anywhere, and maybe you could, guys could kind of get this conversation going. Um, and Will, you hit on something a minute ago, and I thought you were going to go there, but you stopped about a step short, I think, and, and, which everyone does. Actually, you went further than most. But um, to get to the root, right, because we're dealing with symptoms all the time, and you'll hear things like, she got herself pregnant, or um, she found herself pregnant, well, she was impregnated, mm-hmm. and I was listening to you guys, and, and, and you aren't any different than anyone else, but no one mentions 
that there was, um, you know, a male person, whether, you know, you could have a donor from a donor bank or whatever, but there's, you know, the way God made us, right, there's mm-hmm. always going to be that, you know, second part. There's right. an egg and there's a sperm. Right. So if we could get to the root by saying, you know, we don't need to be engaging in this activity, which steps on a lot of toes in the church, outside the church. Mm-hmm. You know, um, everything from prostitution to human trafficking to um, pornography. Mm-hmm. You know, these are all big money makers. Right. Right. Yeah, Carol. Um, let me say this too. Let me. Let me. I just want to say this because I, I want to. I know we yeah. got a bank of calls queued up, but I want to just say this, Carol. That is an excellent point. Mm-hmm. Um, when I mention sex outside of marriage, that the Bible calls that fornication. That's me saying that's how that pregnancy happens. Mm-hmm. There's not. I mean, you know. Not since Mary. You understand what I'm saying? Have we had anything where we're like, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? So so I'm and there's a big Carol is is spot on here. There's a big immorality issue even within the church. Yes. You know, and and she she's right about that. That's how it happens. And and so um, but yeah, I, I agree with her. That maybe a lot of times that's not talked about, but that is part of the the root, yes. you know, of it. Well, a lot of these things, they get into these situations and then it's like, how can I fix it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can I would, fix it on the front end. I would like you know? to suggest if Carol has time to go back and search, you have to search for it. We did a show on talking about the percentage of evangelicals having sex mm-hmm. in the church mm-hmm. um, today. And it's astronomical. You wouldn't even believe it. Let's try to yeah. squeeze in some more calls. All right, let's go to Kim in Texas. Hi, Kim. Hi, how are y'all doing? Doing good. Good. Um, I kind of wanted to say two things. One is I, I was one of those young girls that found myself pregnant when I was, um, I was four days before I turned 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to say, like, so my boyfriend had a scholarship, and his family uh, encouraged me to do this. They even, pray, uh, they even pay, prayed, shoot. They even paid for it. They brought me. My mother had no idea. Mm. Um, and and what what they what people need to understand, and I wish people understood. I I, I really try hard to help in the abortion, uh, in the whole issue today, in the whole cause. Um, I, uh, some different ways, but um, I have helped with that um, preborn. By the way, one of those um, mm-hmm. machines. But um, so, but what people I wish people would understand is it doesn't just take one life or two. In the case of your friend Mickey. It, uh, Mickey, it, it, it takes the life of that girl too, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I used to have amazing self-esteem. I used to think that I was just awesome, you know, until then. And mm-hmm. then after that, I was a piece of crap. I hate to say that word on Christian TV. I mean, on Christian radio, but from then on, it, you're, you have no self-esteem after that. You're, you're, I've gone through times of being suicidal, tons of depression, wow. Um, you think about that baby all the time. Hmm. You think about, and then let me tell you guys, when you have kids finally, the, in the day that first child is born, it hits you all over again because hmm. then you realize what you really did. Then you realize for the first time in your life what love even is, hmm. really. And then it just hits again what you've done. Oh. And you wonder, will I see that baby in heaven? I oh. mean, it is... It Kim. is mental anguish, and I don't think people understand that. All they they think about is the life of the baby. You know, the baby gets to be with heaven, with Jesus in heaven, but that girl deals with it the rest of her life. Yeah. Hey, Kim, let me ask you a question. Kim, have you gone through any post-abortive counseling? 
Uh, I, I've been a member of a church for years. Okay. I pray, I read my Bible. Okay, Kim, God. stay on the line. Stay on the line. I want to talk to you at the end of the show. We got to go. That's all the time we have for today. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.